And it is here. It is here. Free agency. Oh, I thought you were talking about spring forward. We were moving the clocks up. That totally fucked my life up. How can you call I'm it spring so forward? Excited. How can you call it spring forward when it's winter still? No, it's fine. No, no but no. now we get more sunlight at the end of the day. It's oh, a trade-off. Oh, gosh, great it's trade-off. No, it's it, worth it. I wasn't ready for it. Why? It messed me up. What did, what did you have? To, oh, well, you're such a routine I messed up my nut. sleep, my sleeping patterns. I, I operate on a strict schedule of seven and a half hours. I wake up, I feed the chickens. I go downstairs, I eat my Nutri-Game <laughs> bar. Yeah, <sighs> it really threw off your robot schedule. We lost a chicken. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know. It's either a coyote. Out there, Sims has chicken. A coyote, coyote or a fox. Something. You came out and you just found a carcass. We found a trail of feathers. And your daughter now is at a point of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman where she understands she the cycle the of She trail. Life. Right. She tried to find what it was. You know what we should have done, Sims? What? what? We should have said... We've got breaking news. <laughs> Sims has lost a chicken. This will be... The news sound that comes on when we are going to break news. We are recording this. It is uh, about 3.50 on Monday. The legal tampering period starts at 4. And as any information comes out, I have Noah and I have Lee. And they are in my Slack right now. And if anything comes down, they're messaging me direct. And I will play that news music to break in with anything interesting. Awesome. Are you excited? I am excited. I don't know if this news period is going to be as exciting as we're all anticipating. Too late. I got something for you. (laughs) Here we go. Alex Smith's money is coming out. Apparently, $55 million is guaranteed by signing. $71 million guaranteed by the start of 2019. Meaning that he is getting more than Jimmy Garoppolo and slightly less than Stafford. He's getting seventy-one million guaranteed by the start of twenty nineteen. So he's getting thirty-five million a year. Wow, <laughs> are you kidding me, Alex? That's why this Kirk Cousins three-year—that's going to throw a wrench into whoever's negotiating with that, Man. without a doubt. So awesome! So we're going to be breaking in, but honestly, a lot of stuff happened this weekend. Yes, want to give a quick shout out to the Jaguars out there. Remember, what up, Jags? You still got two days. You could still have Blake Bortles do his uh, his physical, and then you can cut him. You don't have to give him the contract. <laughs> You're such a jerk. I'm not a jerk. We're just talking business. Just talking business. We're the Players Podcast. That's what we do. All right, so before we get going, you came up to me and said, I actually have some news nuggets. Yeah. I want to say this. We're recording this before the tampering period happens. Right. If Sims is right, Oracle, we told you so. Oracle. First one, Allen Robinson. Right. Who are you hearing is interested in Allen Robinson? Allen Robinson, I hear it's down to a two-team race. And again, I don't know these things for sure, but I've heard these from you good feel people. Pretty yeah, I, I I know a few people. I, I have been told that Allen Robinson, it's going to be the Green Bay Packers or the Chicago Bears. Both would be extremely interesting moves, right? Chicago Bears, I go, makes a lot of sense. Sure. Green Bay, I'm going. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, who they just locked up. Right. Allen Robinson. Does that mean Jordy would be gone? I think, or Randall Cobb. It could be either one. It could be both. It really could. But either way, they do need an upgrade at the position. We know that. Well, guess what, Sims? Apparently, story has come out that Rodgers and Jimmy Graham have been talking throughout the offseason, uh-huh. and there's a chance that tight end could be hitting the Green Bay, too. Would not shock me either. I would think the Bears are going to be in that, that the mix for him as well. I want to talk Rodgers, the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. <laughs> Who do you like more, Robinson or Jimmy Graham? 
Wow, that's a really good one. Um, for him. For him. Mm, man. I can't believe Green Bay is interested in free agency. The Ted Thompson era is officially over. It's over because I got another name for you coming up soon, too. But who do you like more between Gosh. those two? I mean, I... <sighs> Getting Rob, getting Rogers some size in the red zone. Like, like they both have like the the things I think of right away. Like Graham's not a great run blocker, so he's not going to help a huge, a huge part of the offense right. that way. But he is such a target down the middle of the field or red zone. Doesn't really with a guy like Rogers. It doesn't matter if he's ever open yes. again in their history of his life. Allen Robinson, I think, is maybe the more talented point guy at this point of his career. You're just worry about the ACL. I do. I mean, yes. Who is the other Green Bay thing you're hearing? The other Green Bay thing I'm hearing is. Tremaine Johnson. Ooh. Tremaine Johnson from 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 my sources, they tell <laughs> me that um, that that has become Kansas City, Green Bay, and an outside chance with the Cleveland Browns. So Tremaine but, Johnson, you have him as a top five corner. Obviously, yeah. not going back to the Rams as right. they have Aqib Talib and Marcus Peters. We'll yep. get to that in a second too. But you're saying it's between Green Bay and Kansas City. Yes, for Tremaine Johnson. Kansas City obviously needs one. Yes. Uh, and then Green Bay, they got rid of Demarius Randall as well, so they both need a corner. Definitely. I mean, lost Sam Shields a few years ago to the concussion mm-hmm. issues. Uh, they, they've needed a, a shutdown-type corner anyways, really, for, for a number of years. They really haven't had that guy. Interesting. Uh, so that would make a lot of sense. Kansas City, I mean, of course it's going to make sense there, too. Him and, and Kendall Fuller together yes. on the outside. You're also hearing, combo. what about Malcolm Butler? Malcolm Butler... Uh, I, I am being told that that is a pretty much a sure thing to the Detroit Lions. Now, maybe somebody else comes in here and, and saves the day or, or steals them away, but that that makes sense. I, mean, I heard Matt Houston Patricia. is interested. It would make sense, too, of yes. course, yes. But you think Detroit pretty much, which makes me think that it raises so many questions about the decision not to play him in the it Super Bowl. It tells you that Bill Belichick might have been just him, right? If I know. Bob Quinn and Patricia are like, Malcolm Butler, we need you. It's interesting. Well, I mean, you you really – I feel like at this point, if Malcolm Butler had done something so egregiously wrong that we would have heard from somebody – one of the Patriots players would have let it out of the bag, right? I don't something. know. They I, operate in fear. Well, so. I just feel like some even the free agent who might not be back, we would have heard the story. Right. The fact that Brady like liked his thing on you know Instagram or t- Twitter, whatever yes. it is. All those clues lead me to believe that a lot of these guys did not think he should have been benched. But You believe, from what you told me earlier, you could see the Rams making a play to get Sammy Watkins? Yep, I do think he's still very much in there. And you believe thoughts. that Buffalo could be looking at Case Keenum as number one. Right. And Bradford as number two. As number two, and I and I hear that Kirk Cousins is the favorite to Minnesota, certainly. Mm. But yes, so much Buffalo so, is in the Keenum race. Kirk Cousins penned a thank you letter to Washington, and you're not going to understand this because you don't understand the internet. When you get done writing a blog or I post on YouTube, there are things called tags. Mm-hmm. And what you do is it's keywords. So when I push that, put this onto YouTube, I'm going to write NFL, free agency, Kirk Cousins, whatever. Well, Kirk Cousins on his thank you letter in the tags, Vikings. All, no other team. What? It says Washington, thank you, blah, blah, blah. Vikings. Wow. You put that in there so that if anyone searches for Vikings, your then letter he pops comes up. up. Interesting. Very smart. Uh, All right, so uh, some other news, though. Chiefs cut Tamba Ali. Yep. And they also cut our guy, Ron Ron Parker. Parker. Ron Parker. 
for people that haven't been paying attention to the podcast or Sims and Lefko for a while, was like one of the original hidden truths. Yes. Back when they had like eight safeties, it was, who's this Ron Parker guy? Right. The Ron Parker era has ended. I feel like Kansas we're part State. of getting them paid in I think Kansas so City. Too. I, mean, I think so, too. We, we, we had to do these old, for people listening out there, we like an old Bleacher Report, we do these like team fits, team needs, and Lefko and I would do just videos for certain teams to say, look for this free agency to come to Kansas City or this free agency to come to Chicago. And we always like, Ron Parker could fix everybody. Yeah, and I put Ron Parker like every team that needed a safety. All right, so again, as the news happens, we are now three minutes away from 4 o'clock. Three minutes. I will be pounding this noise. Pound them. If there is any breaking news. Very excited. And again, Noah and Leo on the case, they're telling me right now that Jonathan Stewart is expecting to visit the Giants after meeting with the Lions. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so interesting. John Stewart knows. All right. The big news, I think, over the weekend, though, we'll get the Browns, too. But the 49ers get Richard Sherman. You had spoken to Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. You had heard uh, from your friend. Our favorite coach of the NFL. Kyle uh, Shanahan. That they, the whole going after Tlaib thing was real. It was real. Yes, it definitely was. They wanted to keep Tlaib for sure. There's no doubt about that. But I think the big thing there that came down to more than anything um, was the fact that when Aqib Tlaib, he's being traded, right? Yes. And so he has a little power in that situation. And, of course, he had the power in this situation to kind of be, like like you said, be the disgruntled, oh, you're going to trade me here? Well, then I might not show up. Mm. So Elway had to find partners or he knew Aqib Tlaib was going to go. Aqib Tlaib was telling people this. Listen, if I was if I was a free agent, I would have signed with anybody because he'd get a chance to come and meet with coaches. And right. You get in a meeting room. You have dinner. You get to talk about contract options. You get on the chalkboard and talk football a little bit. So you get to know people. But through trade, you don't. So I understand that being a fear so for players. So he said, I want to go to New England, where I've been, or to Denver, or excuse me, to the Rams, where Wade Phillips is, where I won a Super Bowl. Exactly right. If I'm being traded, I want to go to somewhere where I know the people and know what I'm getting into, and that's why you heard the rumors that New England, of course, was in the conversation. Ultimately, it ended up being the Rams. It sounds like players enjoy talking to your friend, Kyle. I mean, I would think Kyle... Rich Rich Sherman had a nice dinner with him. Yeah, well, I mean, Kyle... and Yes, Kyle and Lynch are going to be able to relate to players better than most coaches and GMs. Mm. And they're also the type of guys, like we're seeing with it, Richard Sherman or in Aqib Tlaib, that they're not afraid to take a chance on the renegade a little bit. Yes. I mean, John Lynch came from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That defense was full of renegades. So he's not looking for choir boys across the board. And Kyle doesn't care. And Kyle, as long as you're just not a total miss fit off the field, making issues, yeah. and he believes that you love football, then he can make it work. More badass duo at cornerback as just like a shit-talking kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Tlaib and Marcus Peters or Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye? Ooh, man. Because Tlaib and Peters, I have a quote here from Aqib Tlaib that makes me very excited. Yes. He said, with that market, speaking about L.A., with Wade Phillips, with a young, energetic corner on the other side, man, to bring that youth to me, a great quarterback in Todd Gurley, it's a great situation. The fact that he said, to bring that youth to me, the fact that he's sitting there going, Marcus Peters going to give me that energy back. Right. And I go, Tlaib is going to be even more ridiculous. So Tlaib and Peters... Ramsey, I feel like, is like Ramsey's one the, and a half. the best. Yes, right. He's the best shit talker, right? We're going to give him the title. Yeah. Nobody gets underneath the skin of the receiver. So he's number one. But, but you're that, right. Two, three might be a key. Yeah. And, and then uh, 
Peters. Peters. What a dynamic duo. Oh, that's going to be awesome. It, it really is. Really is. Awesome. And that's why guys love playing for Wade Phillips, too. Wade Phillips can rally the troops. Players just, he's another guy that's relatable, and they listen to him, and they're going to do what he says. The fact that he has two corners at that level, yes. what does that do for the rest of that defense in L.A.? Does it allow them to lose an Ogletree and a Quinn? I, I think so, too. And, and it's a defense, too, where I think where he looks at it and goes, I can find some athletes in the middle there, and we get guys like Lamarcus Joyner, who we franchise, who will be in the middle. They already have the, you know, the Mark Barron. Right. So they have the kind of guys he already wants to play in the middle of the defense. I'm sure they have a few hidden gems that he he wants. But either way, um, yes. I mean, it, to me, when you make moves like that, it's going to make everybody in the whole their whole division re- reorchestrate what they want to do. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would think most teams are going, damn, what's the point of us? And if you're in the NFC West, they're going, what's the point of us really signing a big-time free agent wide receiver right now? Maybe we need to get tight ends and linebackers. And just when we play the Rams, we'll work on that part of their defense. And the hell and with Peters and Aqib Tlaib. Right, because yeah, you don't really want to mess with them. Right. So Richard Sherman signs a three-year, $39 million deal. Right. But again, we've tried to explain it to you guys over the years. Only look at the guaranteed money. It's the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about Richard Sherman's deal, there are so many bonuses yeah. and qualifiers. Right. His contract next year is a $2 million base. To make the full 39, he's got to be an all-pro for three seasons and play 90% of the snaps. Right. How important is it to have an agent? Joe Thomas literally just came out on Twitter and said, you feel really bad for Richard Sherman, but this is clearly a case of ego getting in the way of his pocketbook. He got absolutely crushed on this contract while working as his own agent. When you heard the details, did you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, well, I agree. Uh, There's a lot of things that were alarming to me. Right away, just the, the the simple fact of how quickly he signed with the team. What was the rush? Create a market for yourself. Go out, visit teams. In the Peter King article, it said that he knew that if he left, some of it was going to come off the table, and he didn't want to risk that. Right. But that's the thing. When you have an agent, the agent can go and talk to other no, people. No doubt about it. Yeah. They're going to they're going to gauge the market. And 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 really, you know, I don't know if I believe that either. Who knows? What I mean, what, what the three million dollars that they're going to give them was right. off the bat. I mean, they got like ninety million dollars. So I, I have a hard time believing that. But I would say this, you know. First of all, when he had no agent, that led both of us to believe he's going to go to teams where he feels there's a familiarity with the defense, right? We talked about the 49ers being one of those teams because yep. they 49ers, run Atlanta, Jacksonville, right. Los Angeles. So right away, he was going to go to those type of teams to talk about, oh, this is your scheme. So from the 49ers standpoint, I'll say this. I think it's a great it's signing. It's a great signing, right? You have young defense. You need a guy to maybe show your other young corners the intricacies of the Seattle defense, what Richard Sherman's running. He's going to bring a little attitude, a little leadership. Yes. Uh, I think they're a team that can handle that. Like we talked about with Shannon, I think he can handle you know the strong personality of a Richard Sherman. So from that, that's Plus they great. needed a leader. They, they right. have all these draft picks yes. on their D-line and a young guy in Reuben Foster, and they needed a new leader. Yes. And I think he's the guy. Uh, he can be My that question guy. is this for you. Yeah. So much of his money was locked up in Pro Bowls, right. and I don't know the language of his contract, mm-hmm. but when Derek Carr makes the Pro Bowl this year, isn't it easy to... To make the Pro Bowl. Also, could the NFLPA somewhat collude with each other? If all of these players have Pro Bowl qualifiers in their contracts, mm-hmm. why don't all the best players just go, no, I'm not going to go? 
go. And then we you open up, like, if Patrick Peterson makes the Pro Bowl over Richard Sherman and knows that Richard Sherman's going to get $8 million and a guaranteed contract next year, can't Patrick Peterson go, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it? Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not exactly sure how all that language works, too, because they might be... Being a replacement in the Pro Bowl might not actually qualify. If that's my question. So that's because I just I'm thought it's whole... so easy to get right. to the Pro Bowl. And my thing is, but is even the why stars... would you want? Why would you want your money locked up in something that you don't have any control over? Right. You're going to let your money be determined by a fan vote and then all pro media. Yeah. Like. It's not statistics and all that stuff. No, it's just, I know. You're letting other people dictate your money. And the stars have that kind of thing built. Like Patrick Peterson, he'd probably go, well, no, because I'm getting, even though I got paid $9 million this year, I'm getting an extra 500000 because they made the Pro Bowl. So I'm not going to sit it out just so Richard, Richard Sherman can get his $7 million. Unless Richard cuts you a check and for the he goes, right, right, then you're working yeah. on the deal. But I do believe, listen, players without a contract, this is the second time it's coming. I mean, without players an without agent. agent. Lamar we, Jackson, Richard Sherman. Right. There's, there's benefits here. I understand guys don't want to pay the 3%, but in the, the long run, the 3% is nothing, I think, for what the agent can do. And again, Richard Sherman, who I know is an intelligent person and well thought out and yeah. understands the league, but I'm sorry. you know, Him going to the negotiating table with the people that are negotiating for the San Francisco 49ers, it's like them going out and trying to get wide open against him when he's playing DB on the field. This is their area of expertise. Yeah. So what would make you believe that you're going to like outcompete them at that, that To part, that point, right? when I was reading Peter King's article... Right. And the guy was like, I'll be honest, he really came prepared. I was like, ugh, the Niners are just gassing him up so he doesn't feel bad about it. All I know is this. If Richard Sherman is an all-pro and he ends up getting the 11 to $13 million a year because he comes back like that, it's a win-win for everybody. Yes. But right now... Look, he's betting on himself. He wants to play. We love Richard Sherman. Right. And I hope he does get all pro and all that. Maybe just, he questions where his lower body's going to be. You're right. He might be really worried about it, He might it be too. going, damn, I might not. You so said I Achilles got, are hard. I, yeah, right. I got $3 million in the bank now, no matter what. I'm looking at the sheet, and it says, or the slack room, and it says, eerily quiet right now. I'm telling you, it's going to be quiet. You it's, think so? Because I don't think these free agents are in as demand as people think. That's, you actually think that's part of the reason why trades went up. I do. I think the reason we've seen a lot of big trades is because a lot of these teams are looking at it and going, damn, am I really going to pay Sammy Watkins like close to Antonio Brown money? No. People don't want to do that. People don't want to pay Tremaine Johnson like he's Darrell Revis in his prime. And they're all good players, and I don't think anybody's denying that. Right. But I just think just because of the year and it's, oh, Oh, this is the next market price up for free agent. Like I think some teams are kind of reneging on that yes. and going like, I don't really want to be forced into that corner to where I have to pay, let's say, a Kendall Fuller for the Chicago Bears, who is awesome. Kyle uh, Fuller. Kyle Fuller, excuse me. Kyle Fuller for the Chicago Bears, where I think everybody about it, but it's only been one year. And right. they're going, damn, are we really going to pay him $16 million a year because of I, one year? I think also people are finally realizing that draft picks are not guaranteed locks. Right. Every year, I have to explain to people that, well, at least they got a fifth round pick for Darren Sproles. Look, I'm going to read you a list of quality starters that were drafted in round five in the past five drafts. This yeah. is from Mike Renner of PFF. Some amazing names. Cool. Jordan Howard was a fifth round pick. Right. Tyree Kill, right. Grady Jarrett, Jay Ajayi, Stefan Diggs, Telvin Smith. Good players. Yeah. The problem is, is there's a list of like 12. 
And what happens is we focus on the outliers right. instead of looking at the numbers. Right. By his math, it's a 7% hit rate to get a quality starter in the fifth round. 7%. Right. What happens is we go, well, Tom Brady was a sixth-round exactly pick. Exactly right. Yeah, but Jordan you, Howard loved the NFL in rushing. I bet right. you that no one else in those rounds were actually effective. Yeah. So what happens is, is when you get a Michael Bennett for a fifth-round pick, right. oh, we could get a good guy. Probably not. Yeah. 93% of the time, you're not going to get a quality starter. And even if he is, is he going to be as good as Michael Bennett? That's why I'm so proud of the Browns for actually going in there and taking some of that equity and turning it into players. Yes. I think they're the 76ers. You disagree. But let's get into their moves. Well, yeah, I I know what you mean. Yeah, okay, I got you. But uh, go ahead. All right, so the Browns. Yeah. They go out there. They get Jarvis Landry. Right. That was the first move. Yeah. In essence, they got him for Andy Lee and a seventh-round pick. Right. Remember, we were sitting here going, who's going to give up? two first rounds. You didn't have to. They get Jarvis Landry, Tyrod Taylor, and Demarius Randall. Yes. We'll get into uh, Danny Shelton later, but Landry, Taylor, and Randall. And they gave away Deshaun Kaiser. Demarius Randall, by the way, will play free safety, the position he came out in the draft, not cornerback. Mm. What did you think about those moves? Let's start off with Landry and Tyrod on the offensive side. I love them. I love the moves. And I'm not you don't really say... love either guy individually. Exactly right. I don't necessarily love the players, but I love the moves for where the Browns are at in their franchise. The Browns are a team that needs some guys that have been in a culture where they've won a little and they can teach the rest of the young players how to win or the guys that have been Browns for a life who have never won and they really don't know how. And you need that battle-tested guy. So there, there's Tyrod Taylor. Is he the future of the franchise? Certainly not. But he did go to the playoffs this year. He was on that Ravens team that won the Super Bowl. He's played some big-time football games. So this is not his first rodeo. And He's the opposite of every quarterback Hugh has really coached. Pretty much. You're right. You know, he's been the Carson Palmer. Yes. I mean, Andy Dalton's a little bit mobile, but... Yeah, but he's a a good player that's going to be able... He's going to take care of the football, unlike Deshaun Kaiser did. I find the Dorsey parallel when he got to Kansas City Mm -hmm. and was like, I want Alex Smith. Guys that protect the ball, allow the team to kind of run. No doubt. Don't have an overriding personality. Landry and Josh Gordon, and if Corey Coleman can get healthy as the three, Mm -hmm. that's a really dynamic Dynamic three wide receivers, very dynamic three, and I think that's the other thing you got to like about you know Landry too being there. Landry's a tough guy; he's going to bring an attitude to the locker room. So I look at those two moves as going; they're culture changing moves. They're bringing in guys that are going to like we're ready to compete. We don't care if we're the damn Browns. We're coming out on this field to win, and that's what Jarvis Landry is. And Jarvis Landry, what we talked about it. Yeah, my biggest issue was if you have to line him outside at receiver, it's not going to be all that good. Well, he's on a team that they don't have to do that. No. He can play the slot. He's going to work the middle of the With field. With Joku, Exactly. And Duke Johnson. They get a and lot of things going. And if they go Saquon? Yeah. I know. I would love them to draft Lamar at four underneath Tyrod. So it's like ready to go. That would be and amazing. And you have all those guys. Yeah. The, the question now is Hugh. Right. We've you, we've been able to make you've been able to make excuses about the front office for the last two years for the reason you've won one game. Right. Well, now you're going to have weapons. Build an offense around these guys. Don't try and force these guys into your offense. Exactly right. And then that's what we're seeing with their other side of the ball. 
That's the other thing I like, too. Like, Denny Shelton is not a Greg Williams guy. I know we'll talk about more of that Let's in a minute. Let's do it now. Okay. But Demarius Randall is the perfect fit for a Greg is Williams. He? Yes, because he's going to go, you're going to go, damn, is he playing nickel this play? Is he playing safety? They're blitzing. They're doing all these exotic coverages. And Demarius Randall can do all of those, except mm. you just don't want him on the outside on an island all game. That's what we learned in Green Bay. Yes. But he does everything else pretty well. Um, so I think from that standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. And then, yeah, when you just talk about Danny Shelton, I yes. don't think he's necessarily a Greg Williams. He's a 3-4 Mike Pettin-ish type when of I nose saw tackle. that he played under 50% snaps, mm-hmm. and look, we've been talking about the Patriots for a long time right. not having size. Right. When they lost Allen Branch at the end of the year, it was a huge issue for the run game. They've tried to figure it out. Silica and all these different nose tackles. Well, guess what? Malcolm Brown and Danny Shelton next to each other? Right. It's a new era for the Patriots' run defense. I thought that was a great trade to give up a, a 2019 third-round pick. It's a great trade. Super young, still in the rookie yeah, contract. Yeah, he's still in the rookie contract, right? They'll be able to fifth-year option if they want him around. And, yeah, they only had to give, a, give away, what, a fifth-round pick? Is that what it was? I think it was a third-round pick next year. Yeah, maybe you're right. I can't, can't remember. But, Either way, but, yes, it's, it's such a vital part for the success of the New England Patriots, whether it's Ted Washington when yes. they were winning the early Super Bowls, whether it's Vince Wilfork when they were winning, or Alan Branch here the last few years, not this past Super Bowl, but the ones before that. The nose tackle gives Belichick the ability to do other creative things with his front seven. He can go, oh, okay, nose tackle. I'm going to let you two gap, so I don't have to let my linebackers worry about this gap to the left yes. or this gap to the right. And then everybody else can be worried about one single gap. And Belichick, as we've talked about a million times, is what? A believer in what? In pass protection. Pushing the pocket. Mm. Danny Shelton, when you really study him, pushes the pocket and is more effective in pass defense than people will give him credit for. He's just not a Greg Williams guy who, I'd said, does exotic things. He wants his nose tackle to line up a three technique and then slant over four gaps to the right, and they're going to bring a linebacker in his old gap and do things like that. And that's not what Danny Shelton's all about. Wow. So I I do think that of all those moves, the Danny Shelton one's probably the one that's going to have the biggest impact on the NFL next year. But I do like what the Browns have done definitely um oh my gosh Uh-oh. yes tom pelissero on nfl network reporting that the vikings have reached out to drew Brees. Uh-huh. apparently the vikings and tom gone they've reached out to tom condon they're just checking all of their sources of right they now are. but interesting about drew Brees. there's no chance he doesn't i i mean i mean I, he's gonna i, I mean he's gonna you, I, if, <laughs> if he like if he does, I, 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 if he ends up on the Minnesota Vikings, I'll kiss your feet. Like, I really will. That is save for the podcast if that happens. Yeah, yep, we will do it. I will get on my knees and kiss your feet. Yeah, I don't. I think I they're just doing. I kiss your butt, but that no, thing no. is. Uh, we don't I, know. They're just doing their due diligence for that. But yeah, I think the Browns, the Sixers parallel is very interesting. I am someone that. that uh, Sashi Brown and Sam Hinkie yeah. both did the inevitable task of losing to acquire assets. Right. Now, Sashi, I don't think, was openly talking about tanking, where Sam Hinkie of the Sixers was openly saying it. Right. But they were the like the analytics guy that came from somewhere else that a lot of people doubted. And then the next GM, in Sashi's case, John Dorsey, in Hinkie's case, Brian Colangelo, are the ones that are cashing in on all those chips right. and look like a genius. And they each took someone right before they left. So uh, Sashi got Miles Garrett, a 
stud. Sixers got Ben Simmons. A stud. Uh, the Browns have Josh Gordon, a guy that misses a lot of time, but we know how incredible and talented he is. The Sixers have Joel Embiid, missed a lot of time, but we know how incredible Pinky he can be. He drafted Embiid, though, right? Yes. So yes. Sasha didn't draft Gordon, but go ahead. Keep right, going. Right. Yeah, but I got you. I'm nice just parallel. Tra- Good I'm job. trying to Sorry. make the Browns Sixers thing a uh, thing. Uh, yes, but, yes. Uh, I get what you mean, because yeah. we texted about this. I don't know if that was Friday or Saturday night, so I'm, I'm totally with you. Uh, I think this will be my argument with just with the Sashi Brown, because I've heard of that a lot. Like, oh, all these things are happening because of Sashi Brown. Hey, certainly, I'm going to give him some credit. Yes, he obviously is good at wheeling and dealing and maybe collecting assets, but that does not mean he's necessarily good at drafting the assets after that. And that's what the whole thing for the Sixers was, is Hinky is really good at making trades and getting draft picks for future use, but is he the guy to build the team? And that's why they brought in Colangelo. And again, I'd rather John Dorsey build my team. When you look at that Kansas City team, when they were like two, three years ago, as deep as they were, his thing is he just plays it a little bit safe at the quarterback position, which is why it's going to be so fascinating to see what he does at one and four. Bills. Post Tyrod. They trade Tyrod for the first pick in the third round. They now have two first, two second, two third, and the only quarterback on their depth chart is Nathan Peterman. What do you see the Bills doing post Browns trade? Are they, they packaging up to move up? They got 21, that's 22. What I, mean. it, I don't know. I have no inside info. I, I just I want to know the Sims no, guess. I know, but my, my guess is... Because the feeling right now is they're looking at Bradford and Keenum. Right. But that's not the future. No, but I got. they also got to think, right? Like We're kind of in a win-now mo- type of mode football team, too. I, I mean, get, Because they made the playoffs? Yeah. And I so, don't know. Well, I mean, they got a lot of pieces there that you like. Um I think at the end of the day, though, you're going to see them make a move. Okay, I do. I just do. I, I just think who's this... the quarterback that fits that scheme? Who do you think they'd move up to get? Uh, I, it's easy. They're going to be thinking New England, right? That's why. I like when I heard Case Keenum, I was like, hmm, really? Would Brian Dayball want a Case Keenum? Because so, I know Sam Bradford's on their. their so you radar. said this about Brian Dayball. Right. He was with the Patriots and then was the Alabama offensive coordinator. He was with the Patriots. He went down to the Miami Dolphins and became the offensive coordinator there for a little bit. He came back to the Patriots when I was there in 2012. He came back, and I think he became like the assistant tight end coach or whatever. He was just helping out on the offensive side of the ball. Right. Uh, then, yes, he go, stays there for a few years, be, is the tight end coach in New England, then goes to Alabama, becomes the OC. It sounds like yeah. everyone that coaches with New England goes, I want a taller quarterback in the pocket, they want pocket that can drive the ball. They want passers who can drive the ball and have big hands that can, oh, it's, it's 12 degrees in Buffalo and it's 30 mile per hour wins. Oh, great. We have Tom Brady. It doesn't matter. He can throw it through the wind. That's what they believe in. Oh, great. We have Phil Simms. It's the same thing. I mean, right. That's Parcells, Belichick. We literally would have a sheet on our scouting sheet to say what we expect out of the quarterback. Height, weight, uh, hand size, all of those things, mm. you weren't even really allowed to grade the quarterback until he had those measurables. It's weird. That's why the Patriots having Brian Hoyer and the Bills supposedly interested in Case Keenum. I know. It's a little different. Now, Hoyer is one of those, like, he is a little, ooh, Hoyer has big hands. That's all I was going to say. Go ahead. Roto World Football. Tell me the name. Report. Jaguars interested in Sammy Watkins. Yes. I'm not shocked. No. No, not at all. He better get ready for bubble screens and slants. <laughs> all right. Hey, welcome to Jacksonville, Sammy. Oh, that's our quarterback, Blake Bortles. Here's the deal. 
Don't run further than Boy, six yards. Did you see David Caldwell a few weeks ago try to tell people that you know he was, he didn't do right by Blake? He didn't Bortles. do any favors, and I wanted to be like, "Are you kidding me, man? Like, come on, don't see that's like that's David Caldwell propaganda right there. Are you like he didn't do right by Just like every talented rosters. In football would kiss someone's butt to have the things done for but oh Allen Robinson at the top of the second, Marquise Lee at the top of the second, first round left tackles. Top five running back. Oh, they do nothing for him. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, they traded and got uh, what was his name? Julius Thomas at tight end. Oh, nothing. I know they've done nothing for him. I just, I, <laughs> I, I, I just hate like that crap. Like, okay, just, I've he's never, your guy. We know that. Yeah, guy, I've but never don't seen make a play crap to justify it. I mean, every GM in the world would throw somebody in front of a bus to save their jobs, but this is the one guy that people coddle. It's well, interesting. It is interesting. Um, all right. So uh, on the the Tyrod Taylor thing. With him going to Cleveland, how do you think that impacts the free agent market? Because that was a place that we thought someone would go to, right. but we still have Case. There's an option gone. The bills open up. Um, I don't think the Bra- anybody wanted to go play for the Browns. You don't think so? So this, th- to me, this conversation didn't affect the free agent market for quarterbacks. It affects the draft market, though, and it can change their thought in the draft. That's the first thing I thought of. Now, there's not necessarily the pressure to take the quarterback at one. Okay, now they can go. Mm, we'll take Saquon Barkley at one, and then you okay. think even if Tyrod isn't the guy for the future, that takes the pressure off one. If you think the quarterback's the guy, I, I think in a it franchise gives them a, that's been looking for that guy. No, I, it, listen. At the end of the day, I still think the Cleveland Browns could be in the position here where they get the one and the two pick in this draft. I think they could cer- easily call the New York Giants, and the New York Giants go, "Yeah, well, there's nobody we love here too. We're riding we'll with take Eli Quentin Manning Nelson one more four. year, right? Right. We'll t- we'll take Quentin Nelson at four or maybe even trade down again later and and get to eight and then trade get Quentin Nelson, whatever it may be. I think all those things are available, but I do think it takes a little pressure off the quarterback situation to where they just don't have to hit the bullseye. I mean, we know we want them to hit the bullseye, but there's a little wiggle room now to have a guy like Tyrod in place. And I want to say this to Browns fans. Look at the Jaguars. Yeah. We sit here now with all these rookie contracts, mm-hmm. all this talent, and everyone said, how did this happen? Yeah. As you've said for a long time, when you're constantly picking in the top five, you accumulate some amazing talent. It's not just the top five. Right. It's the top five of the second round. It's right. the top five of the third round. I mean, you're getting pretty much two first-round picks and a second-round pick when you think of it right. like that. Like, like your man Hinky, okay? and, and You're going to hit eventually and if Sashi you keep Brad. Oh, right. oh, Ben Simmons is there with the first pick. He's 6'10", and he jumps, and he's a great dribbler. Oh, Miles Garrett's there? The greatest physical specimen ever? Well, you're amazing, GM. How'd you pick him? Yeah, but I, I just go like this. I, I, I Someone know, has just... to suffer yes. in order to get it like that. You're right. Your point there is right. And they are the sacrificial lambs. Yes. That's why Sixers fans say Hinky died for our sins. <laughs> That's what Sashi did. <laughs> what a but nice Hinky. Sashi, though, I mean, he just, the fact that he gave her a baseball was the fact that he was well, in trouble. Well, and that and the fact that he passed up some, like, like, organization-changing quarterbacks the last two-year drafts. I think that's what's really killed them in the end. Uh, so Mike Garofolo is saying, don't wait for Case Keenum to wait for Kirk Cousins to sign. He might actually go and sign somewhere and not wait for Kirk. Because Kirk apparently what does, does, not, yeah. does not want to pull a, quote, Osweiler and go and sign with a team before he meets with them. Right. This is why I love Kirk Cousins. Right. Kirk Cousins unlike Richard Sherman negotiating his own thing, is in a point where multiple teams are willing to give him three years, like $30 million guaranteed, and he's going, oh, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to meet with all of you. Three years, he like is, $90 million guaranteed. He's so 
thorough. Yes, he is. But Keenum's going, I'm not waiting. No, Keenum's market's not dictated by Kirk Cousins, so he doesn't give a shit about him. He's going to get paid less than Kirk Cousins. Uh, he knows, I, I would think but he I knows. But I think the teams like the Jets are the ones that can get screwed. Because if they're trying to fight for Kirk Cousins and their backup plan was Case Keenum and Keenum signs with Arizona, right. now the Jets are like, holy crap. Does Cousins fu- you know, screw himself? Does he screw himself? Does Minnesota start to go, damn, Buffalo and the Jets are offering Case Keenum, and Kirk Cousins isn't going to come visit to a, visit us for four more days, and he said he also would like to go visit Arizona after that. Then you start to go, damn, okay, we got to make moves. So that's the other thing I'm just interested to see. I'm just being devil's advocate, no, throwing, out, throwing out things like that. No, I get it. Oh, oh. We've, we don't have a report. We have the, the very popular I'm Told by Josina Anderson. Josina Anderson, I'm told the Bengals are trading for Bills tackle Cordy Glenn. Ooh. Cordy Glenn. Cordy Glenn's a hell of a tackle, man. He's really? One, he's one of the best in the sport. He really is. And they have tackle issues with the Cincinnati Bengals. Guys and like they Abuehi. really shouldn't because they took those like first and second round tackles two years ago in Jake Abuehi Fisher and, and Abuehi, Fisher, right? And they didn't pan out after they lost Whitworth. They can't and play left tackle. Yeah, they can't. So now they got a guy. Cordy Glenn is legit, man. He is a. It is just an I'm told. Just an I'm told. I'm told. Josina, if she's been told, she's usually told right. I yeah, can she's tell been you, right. She's got a lot of connections. How much does that help? And the Bills can afford this loss. The Bills can afford this loss because of the kid they drafted out of Pittsburgh, Dawkins, last year, who ended up filling in and playing the left tackle. I'm glad I pulled that out of my butt. That, that name was great. There because I was like, oh, wait, who is the left tackle? Uh, but yes, uh, he did a good job for them, so they can afford to lose him, yeah. All right, and then you put... Wow, so Cordy Glenn moving to the left tackle for, Glenn, for Cincinnati. And they got they got enough offensive linemen still to be very good there. I mean, out of the fact that, you know, Joe Mixon, I mean, the Bengals oh, are they always, team. They, yeah. they got talent. Yeah, well, they always have talent. They, they just, what are they going to do with it? Um, all right, Patriots, we already did Danny Shelton. Uh, let's stay in that AFC East. Indomitian Sue. Man. Sounds like he's going to be released. Lot of dead money. Uh, this is another proof that you guys should only look at the guaranteed money. What did he see of that $100 million deal? Three years, $60 million guaranteed. That was all the money that was guaranteed. That's why unless it's guaranteed, you're probably not getting it. Video came out. Of Indomitian Sue working out in Seattle. Mm. Man, would he fit the Seahawks. Well, he's from Portland, Oregon, right? That's very true. So he's Damn from it. there. Good point. That's part of the reason that I think a lot of the time, like, the, you know, again, we've had this conversation. When you're the franchise player and you're being paid more money than anybody else on the team, they want you to be the ultimate team leader. And that's why the Eagles love your Fletcher Cox, because not only is he a killer on the field, but he does all the things off the field as well. And Indomitian Sue, I think that's the issue a little bit there. He's not always there at the facility. He trains somewhere else. And they go, what kind of example is that set for your team to go, hey, we'll pay you a lot of money, and then when we pay you a lot, you don't really have to come around ever except for training camp and when the games start. So in a span of a week, right. they have traded their maybe their best offensive player mm-hmm. in Jarvis Landry mm-hmm. and their best defensive player in Indomitian Sue. Yeah. this after trading their running back in the middle of the season. And they keep saying, Indomitian Sue, it sounds like it was a culture thing. Yeah. Landry, it sounds like it was a money thing. We have been seeing people being traded out of Miami now for the better part of two years. Yeah. Offensive linemen, middle of the season, mm-hmm. moving linebackers and all that. What is your take on the turnover in Miami? My take is that Gase's... Gase is a tough SOB, and he's going to get the kind of guys in there that he wants in there that he feels fit his 
team, his overall scheme, and just his mantra as a man. I mean, that's it's really what I look at it more than not. And yeah, he's trying to eliminate some of the nonsense, whether it's you know Jarvis Landry asking for more money and the contract details there, Lawrence Timmons going AWOL at the start of the year, you know the Indomitian Sioux situations or whatever it may be. I just think he's trying to get a team that he goes, listen, these are guys I like, they're reliable, and they're what I see as fit for our scheme. Why do you trust Gase so much and not go, why can't he work with any of these athletes? Well, I don't know if he's necessarily can't work with them. I mean, I, you know, we're talking about three this guys. This the second year in a row in the middle of the year where he goes, this is bullshit, I can't handle this stuff anymore. Yeah, I, I know. The J.I.J.A. thing, listen, there was something there from the start. I mean, yeah. we heard about we it look at two, his legs. two training camps, and yes, there's concerns with the knee, so that's certainly there. Yes, and I just think he's probably a little bit of an old-school guy where he's like, man, you're walking, let's get out there and practice then. So Disappointing uh, run for Ndamukong Sue in Miami. It was. It was certainly not. He's still really good. He's still one of the top 10 D tackles in football, but he is not on like Aaron Donald or Fletcher Cox's level right now as interior D lineman. Any guesses with where who has the salary cap for him and yeah. who could use him? Yeah, I mean, you know, I got to think like team like the Colts is going to be thinking, oh, Dominican Sue's free? I mean, what about the Green Bay Packers with Mike Pettin up there? I mean, I know they've had Mohamed Wilkerson up there. Do the 49ers get involved? He certainly would fit that 4-3 Seattle-type scheme as well. Man. I think there's a number of teams. Yes. It's just going to be about Maybe the Eagles. Demand. He could join Michael Bennett and Fletcher Cox. <laughs> I don't. I mean, the Seattle thing. I know people want to make a thing of that, and they're doing a good job of kind of clearing their roster here. Uh, but man, are they really gonna go? Oh, we've got rid of some of our disgruntled older defensive veterans and get another one in here that's kind of like that already. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, it's interesting because they seem to be going through a personality shift. Right, like we don't. We got to get away from these renegades a little bit. And it also sounds like they're trying to get get away from locking up too much money into like one or two positions. Yeah. They want to get back to like spread it out to all the young guys, focus on our drafting and all that. But no, and Dominican Sue was not a name that I was necessarily expecting to get cut. But you could pay like three guys with what they were paying in Dominican Sue. Yeah, you definitely can. It's going to be a post-June first cut, which lessens the blow, but man, I mean, you look at the teams that are the most money, right? The Jets, the Browns, the Colts, the Buccaneers, the 49ers. Can you imagine if Gerald McCoy and Adamic and Sue were on the that. same That's line? I mean. I mean, and they were in the same teams, draft. All those teams have positional need there, and certainly could pay him, too. I mean, man, Gerald McCoy and Adamic and Sue would be, that would be like John oh Henderson, Marcus Stroud. Gosh. Probably better. Ugh, that used to hate when we had to play those guys. Oh, my God, did I hate going on the field. I, I sometimes just randomly show people the video of John Henderson getting smacked by the trainer. Yeah. Because I think it's it's, it's incredible. Amazing. Yes. That you could that you get smacked in the face, and now you're ready to play those football. Those two guys were like the kind of guys where, like, when you saw them coming at you, you wanted to do, like, necessary roughness. You wanted to run, run to the referee and go, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. <laughs> I'm sacked. I'm down. It's over. All right, so Mike Evans and Cameron Brait are getting new contracts for the Bucks, as yeah. you mentioned. Cameron yeah. Brait, it says six years, $41 million. Right. It's 18 guaranteed. Okay. So it's a three-year, $6 million contract. It's three Which, years for $18 million. You were saying this before. I forgot that Cameron Brait went to Harvard with Kyle Juszczyk, right. or as you call him, Juicy J. Juicy J. So they had both those guys on Harvard. Isn't that crazy? 
we respect Harvard so much, like as a culture, yeah. that when you hear that, you're like, well, he probably didn't miss that read. <laughs> Cameron Brayton knew what he was doing. He went to Harvard. He was James was wrong. The yeah, offensive coordinator Cameron. was wrong. It wasn't Cameron Bray. That was great. The move, and then Mike Evans. The Mike Evans move. So was Mike phenomenal. Evans, five year, eighty two point five million, fifty five guaranteed. Fifty five guaranteed. So he's getting three years, eighteen million, basically. Right around right? there. Yeah, yeah. Right. You like that signing up the weapons for Jameis? I think he's worth it. I mean, he's a he is a special talent. He is that size, that speed. What did you think of his play throughout the year? Uh, it's hard to diagnose Tampa right. Bay Buccaneers receivers because you had Fitzpatrick. Patrick in there for a lot. He was kind of more notable for diving into the back of Lattimore than yeah. he was receiving. Yeah, but right. But Evans is a difference maker. He is. He is. You can't. You got to be careful about how many times you leave Mike Evans one on one. Mike Evans can really run for his size. Of course, his ability to jump the jump, and then you know he has a great connection with Jameis Winston. They are on the same page. They really are. They've had a connection from day one. So uh, I think that's a smart move. Getting that done now. Get it over with. Don't let him go out there and have a big year and price himself out. That was the other thing. I will give Kyle Shanahan a lot of credit for with Marquise Goodwin. That was brilliant, them re-signing Marquise Goodwin. Did we talk about that last week? Because them re-signing Marquise Goodwin, I just look at it like this. like Kyle is going to make him blow up this year. He's going to be Travis Benjamin. It. Yeah, I just think he, that's, that's the way what, his offense That's works. the way he does. It's going to be his Travis Benjamin, his Taylor Gabriel, whoever it may be. You look through the history of Kyle Shanahan, and he's always had one of these speed jitterbugs that you go, who the hell is this guy? Every time I turn on the highlights, it's a 70-yard touchdown every week. Right. He might not get the bulk of the catches. And he was amazing at the end of last year. That's what I mean. So now he's got Jimmy G. So, so okay, give him three years, $20 million, Great, because he could be on the verge of having a year where he has 60 catches for 1,000 yards, and then all of a sudden, Everybody's going, damn, we'd like to pay him $15 million a year. And then you go, shit, we should have paid him when we could have. Well, what's interesting about Mike Evans and paying a player when you could, same draft as Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham Jr. got a little interesting. Like a two-second clip went online. And the first thing I thought was, I wonder how our current media landscape is going to treat this. I would say five years ago, it would be like, don't talk about it. Don't draw any more attention. We don't know what's going on. Maybe not a lot of people saw it. Well, today, if it's on Instagram and it's on Twitter and it's on Snapchat, it's everywhere. everywhere. And now I'm listening to our guy, Lebetard, and our lawyers are telling us we have to call it a white powdery substance because you don't know what that is. And he's smoking a brown cigarette and you don't know what that is. Right. The only thing we can say is that he had pizza in the room. Mm. Everyone's saying, well, what do you think about this? What do Man, you think he about He was in Paris, France, and he got takeout pizza. That's the most disappointing thing <laughs> of all. That's, I mean. It's old. Uh, Gabe is saying it's old because he didn't have wrist tattoos in the video. My thing to this is always this. I could take a two-second clip of anybody when they're out and make it look like they're having the craziest thing ever. I am not going to, as host of the Players Podcast, indict anybody on charges that I have no proof on and that I have no idea or any context of what happened. But what happens is it turns into a little story like this. And you want to pay him big money, and he's putting himself into situations like that. I don't really think he put himself into situations. I know a lot of people that don't do drugs that are sometimes around drugs. Sure. I have a lot of friends, never smoked in their life, but have a lot of friends that smoke. Right. Never done whatever, been around people that do it. Right. Self control, all mm-hmm. that stuff. I just, it's very interesting how every time Odell does anything, if he's dancing, he doesn't take football serious. 
You know, like we're always looking for a way to remove him from that payday. And I also thought what's very interesting is I'm looking at a lot of GMs look at salaries as percentage of total cap, Mm -hmm. not comparing you because to compare Odell to Antonio's contract two years ago is costing Odell money from the salary cap that's gone up to Yes, right. He's going to get paid around eighteen to twenty million a year. Yes. Well, I mean, if if if, if Mike Evans is getting eighteen million a year, Odell Beckham Jr. deserves more. I could tell yeah. you that much. How, what did, what did you think of the video? What did you think of the reaction right, to the two, video? Two things I, right away. Gabe, our cameraman over here. W- w- Gabe is Johnny Giant fan over yes, here. He okay, is. he knows everything. And Gabe is trying to say, Gabe, I didn't hear this theory, but I wish you would have told me this before. That he's missing. He doesn't have a wrist tattoo in the video that he does have now. You're saying that's interesting. And he did tweet out something about old news or this being uh. old, like and somebody doing this. So uh, that would be interesting to see. I'll say this though for this 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 point. You know what? Anybody that's listened to the the Sims and Lefko podcast knows I love Odell Beckham Jr. And so does Lefko. We love him. I want to see him be paid uh, accordingly as like one of the best players in football. He deserves quarterback type money. I mean, good starting quarterback type money. But I'll say this: it does bother me. It really does. He's got to show better judgment. I don't really care what you say. If you want to be one of the greatest sports stars. In the world, and you want to be Lamar, uh, LeBron James, or you want to be Michael Jordan, or Cristiano Ronaldo, who I also saw Odell looking at his Bugatti this yes. weekend too. If you want to be those things, those guys don't have videos out there with brown cigar substances and white powder substances, right? They are the face of the franchise. They're faces of many other organizations that are trying to sell things as well. If Odell Beckham Jr. wants more money from Nike, he can't be in videos like that because, again, you're going to have parents who are going to go, I'm not buying my son Odell Beckham Jr. jersey. As a person who roots for Odell Beckham Jr., I just wish he didn't do that because at the end of the day, he's only going to hurt himself. Yeah, so apparently uh, my internet's not working. Can you open that door just to see if we can get some internet in here? Uh, but apparently the deal on the uh, Cordy Glenn is that Cordy, the Bengals are going to swap picks with the Bills, and the Bengals are just going to take on his salary. So that's the trade. They're swapping first-round picks. So the Bills are going to move up to where the Bengals were. Yeah, where are the Bengals? Like 17, 16? I got to look up, look it up. My man, if I had internet, I'd fucking tell oh, you. Oh, I got it. Don't worry. I'm a little bit better. I'm a little bit more of a millennial. So. so did you read into that Odell thing? Like, I understand your rant. Right. Which is, you can't be doing this thing. Right. But at the same point, it's like... A two-second video doesn't tell me that he was doing anything. I don't he was smoking weed or not. He might have been smoking a black and mild. We don't know. I didn't right. know everybody knows exactly what every cigar is in the world now. Right. I'm not going to sit here and over-reflect on what guys do with their free time in the offseason. And no, it doesn't really affect me, but I just know it's going to affect him. And it's going to affect him, of course, because it's the New York Giants, and they are a little old school. The Bengals have the 12th pick in the draft. So my internet works. I know how to use it a little better than you do. Shut up. I'll let you know the login sometime. Um, to go for, So this is, this is amazing. We were just talking about this. We're going, how are the Bills going to move up in the draft? Well, they get rid of Cordy Glenn, and what happens is, is they move from 21 to 12, so now they have 12 and 22. 12 and 22. This is very similar to what the Eagles did to go up and get... Can you turn your audio off? Oh, yeah. You really know how to use your internet. But the Eagles... How is that legal? You what? just go to a page and it can start spewing out voices and like that shouldn't be allowed. 
But the Eagles traded up from, I think it was 13 to 8, right. when they gave up Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso to put them in position to move up to two with the Titans to take Carson Wentz. And it looks like the Bills are doing that right now. The Bills are doing that. You like that move? I know you like Cordy Glenn, but I guess that you like the guy behind him enough, too. I, I do, and I do like them. I, I like the moves from the Buffalo Bills standpoint for sure. Yes, I do. nine spots is valuable. In the first nine round. spots is extremely valuable. The other thing I just want to look up too, just to see, is what kind of money Cordy Glenn I have three it right for here. thirty. So he was getting paid ten million a year. Yeah, yeah. This year, I mean, he's he's a fourteen million dollar cap hit this year. So yes, that's uh, that's a fair trade. Uh, all right, I want to talk about something that is football, but not football. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday Night Football. We are having a completely new announcing team in the booth. Uh, if you listen to this show, you know that I was not, even though we went to Syracuse like I did, I was not the biggest fan of Sean McDonough. Uh, I did not find the rapport between him and John Gruden to be any good. ESPN releases the news saying that he's super excited to go back to college football and they're going to replace him with Joe Tessitore. And we do not know the other names that are going to be in the booth. Uh, it did come out that Peyton Manning was willing to do the booth if they could somehow get Mike Tarico. So Peyton Manning came in and said, oh no, I'll do it. Just get a guy from a different network to come in and do it. Only with in the him. face of NBC. Sure, go ahead. But I, I look at Joe Desator and great guy. I'm not the biggest fan of him doing college football. Not at all. I just find him to be kind of a little corny. And Joe Tessator here. And what do you know? Virginia Tech, established in 1945. Like, it's it's so that over the top. was kind of like Joe Tessator with Keith Jackson right there. Was I thought very, you were about to go like, whoa, nilly. I did Tessator well earlier. Let me well tell you earlier. about the Southern California Trojans. There's all, there, I can't do a Tessator. I lost him. I was doing him earlier. Dude, think of opera. That's what I always think yeah, of. Yeah, so you told me that his dad was in the opera? His dad was in the the opera. Yeah, and you like that. actually, when you auditioned with ESPN, right. it was with Tessator. It was with, with Tessator. All right, Chris Simpson. He did. He was all over and he, he was he was even giving me some techniques about how to talk and breathe as you talk. And I mean, he's really a professional at it. I'm with you. I like Joe Tessator, but I'm not a huge fan of his voice as it pertains to football. I just can't believe he's Monday Night Football. I like him in boxing. I guess they don't got anybody else, though. I mean, who does it, who does else they got? I mean, the only guy they got is McDonough, and they they traded. I spots. like um, the guy. That I didn't does... have an issue with McDonough. I know you did. I did not. Yeah, I just found him to not be great, and well, I found him to complain a lot. That oh, that was amazing. Right. But I I look at you know who I like the the guy that does college basketball with Billis, um, Dave. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I know. I think I know you're the bald about, guy. But I definitely he does. Can't he does Major League Baseball for ESPN right. as well. He does. Yes, I can't think of his name. But I mean, Monday Night Football was defined by Gruden for almost a decade, mm-hmm. and now I just don't know where they're going. No, it does not. And then, yeah, I, I'm, I'll be interested too. ESPN's uh, sounds like they're in a tough spot. Well, I read the thing too online today saying that the ESPN and and the NFL are a little bit at odds over certain things, too. So it'd be interesting to see where this contract situation goes when it's all up. It's really interesting. All right, so of all the other moves... Hey, this was exciting breaking news period. I told you it was going to be a freaking dub. Cordy Glenn. Cordy Glenn. That was the big news. Any of these other things mean anything to you? Titans cut DeMarco Murray. He's meeting with the Lions. Uh, 49ers cut Elvis Doomerville. Uh, Steve Gettleman going and getting at Ogle tree and sort of 
trying to build the Carolina defense there. Casey Hayward gets a new contract. Any of that stick out to Casey you? Casey Hayward, I mean, is like one of the better players in all of football on the defensive side that nobody really knows about. I mean, he was really good with Green Bay. He went to the Los Angeles Chargers, first the San Diego Chargers, and really became a better player when he was there as well. Uh, but the the Ogletree thing's interesting to me, Lefko, for this for this reason. The Giants have three needs. Uh, in my eyes. It could be an offensive lineman, a middle linebacker, and probably a running back. And now you've taken away one of those needs, Mm. right, with this trade and getting Ogletree. And Ogletree is going to be perfect fit for their defense and what James Betcher wants to do. He's going to be like their Ryan Shazier. But to me, it does single out now for me or the Giants where I look at it and go, do they take Saquon Barkley at two or do they trade down and take Quentin Nelson? I really think it's a two-horse race there. Okay. And I'll be interested to see if a Cleveland or somebody comes in there. Saquon Barkley, for the first time I can ever remember, is a legitimate first pick of the draft at the running back position. Not only in terms of perception or his talent. All uh, the talent for one, the talent is special. Like I said, he's he's as good as I've ever seen on film. He really is, and I think he's made for the NFL. I mean, made for it. He's going to be better in the NFL than he was in college. Mm. He could quite arguably, he is the type of talent to where he could be the best player in the NFL next year. That's what how talented he is. But also, he's an old school throwback to the franchise running back. Before we had the franchise quarterback, he's the he could be the Earl Campbell, Walter Payton, um, let's say Bo Jackson, first pick of the draft from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where his off-the-field is squeaky clean. He's got a million-dollar smile. Yes. Everything about him is right. He is the type of running back where a team might go, you know what, screw it, let's make him the number one pick. So I just think it's interesting to look at going forward. I think forward. fans have heard for so long that the running back position isn't that important. Yeah. And when I talk to people, they're like, yeah, but a running back? Because that's the media they've consumed for so long. But when it's that good, yes. And I just I look at the Browns and I go, man, Tyrod, Saquon, oh and gosh. Landry, Ooh. and Josh Gordon, and, and Corey Coleman, yeah, and, and Joku, and Duke Johnson. Right. Like, what are you gonna do? I know. And then and if the he goes D's to the Giants, he's good already too. And they got more money to spend, so they get one of these corners in free agency. I mean, watch out. I mean, like you Do said, you, is it really a watch out? Like, are we just getting too hype about the Browns right now, or is this a legitimate watch out? I think the talent is getting there to where we're get like we have some ans- unanswered questions, right? We need to see Corey Coleman healthy. We think he's going to be good, but we haven't really got to see him yet. Yes, we got to see Josh Gordon just stay on the roster and stay on the team, stay eligible. But yes, there's potential there. It's really, I think, just about. Can do you Hugh, think, can Hugh teach those guys to get over the edge and win some games? Do you think that Joe Thomas is looking at this, even though he's contemplating retirement, and being like, how am I going to miss out on this? Yeah, I sure the hell hope he plays. I really do. I mean, I just he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer at the left tackle position. What yeah. he's done is amazing. And if they don't get him, they're going Nate Solder. I mean that's who they're going to go after. So I'm sure they. Would oh, like you think it. so? Yeah, I do. I think that's. I mean, I think it's been out there too. I've, I've read it on a few things over the weekend. So I'm sure they would like an answer from Joe here yeah. shortly, so they can make the appropriate play. All right, so guys, I know a lot of you that are watching the podcast. You used to watch it on my channel. We are now on the Bleach Report channel. So hello to all the Bleach Report hello, YouTube subscribers. Bleach Report YouTube subscribe and all that stuff on my own personal channel, the Adam Lefko one. That is where we are going to do iTunes comments. That's where we're going to do. 
little offshoot videos. And if we end up doing any film rooms, stuff like that, I'm going to definitely post them over there. But we're on Bleacher Report now. So a lot more people are seeing us. Hey, hey good to see you. I don't know if you've heard. We're kind of big time around Speaking here. Speaking of kind of big time. Yeah. On Wednesday. Yes. Sims and myself, we are headed to Miami. Woo! Welcome to Miami. Bienvenido. Miami. Miami. Sims is going to be on the Lebetard show to give his top six quarterbacks the final six after calling Blake Bortles number 70. It's been three months in the making. Holy crap. It's crazy. (laughs) And then after that, we are going to be having Lebetard and Stugatz on the Sims and Lefko podcast. We're going to try and get that out Wednesday night. We're super excited about it. Yep. And because we're very well aware that a lot of news is going to happen between now and Wednesday, Thursday we're going to come in and we're going to record a free agency update, and that will come out Friday morning to give you guys some stuff for the weekend. But You're Levitar, the Stugatz now! I'm the Stugatz now. <laughs> I'm t- when, if I, when I get in there, I'm just going to be staring them down. <laughs> and anytime I ask me a question, I'll be like, you like that chair? It's a pretty good chair. I could sit in that chair when I'm the Stugat. Like, I'm just going to I'm just gonna slowly get them. <laughs> That'll be good. Oh, it's going to be a blast. It is. Guys, thank you so much. As always, hit us up on social, at Sims and Lefko, whether it's the podcast, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, hit us up, and we're going to be recording some iTunes comments later in the week for Sims. Peace out, homies. Fendrick would say, good evening. Screw Fendrick. And the L-E-F-K-O-E Man. says, good night. Hopefully, free agency is good for you and your team, and you spend money wisely. We'll holler at you with Lebanon. Tardin Stu Gotts coming up later this week.